You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. This morning as we went into prayer, we talked about walls. Out in the lobby, we talked about walls. Allie mentioned walls. And there's some people in here who have some walls. Then you battle to be here today. You probably battle with your kids trying to get them ready. I know how that is. Maybe you and your, your spouse battle with one another. On the way here in the car, you got out, you're ticked off, and you've you learned how to put on that church smile to make everybody think you're okay, but you were arguing as you pulled in. But there's some walls that we built up. Some of you, this is your first time you've been in a, in a church house since before COVID. Some of you have been hurt in church. Some of you have, have been through a terrible marriage, terrible relationship. And what has happened is you began to build these walls up around your heart. And if there's one thing, and, and I know God wants to do something. There's one thing this morning. We'll go through this sermon, but if there's one thing, I want to take those walls down this morning. They got, they got to come down. You can't live that abundant life that you're promised with those walls up. You will never be able to step into the relationship with the helpmate that God's promised you unless those walls come down. You'll never be able to parent the way you're supposed to parent unless those walls come down. So this morning, he's here, his presence is here, and he wants to tear walls down. As they marched around the walls of, of Jericho, they, had, they, they did it seven times. On the seventh time, the word tells us that they let out a great shout, and the walls began to fall. So before we get into this sermon this morning, that's what I want to do. I want us to just give a shout. You can hand clap a praise, whatever you want to do, but I just want us to give a shout to an almighty King Jesus this morning. Let's do this thing. Thank you, Father, for who you are. The walls are coming down this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. I'd like to have you all stand as we read the word. I'm coming out of Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 21 through 24 and 35 through 43. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea, and came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And Jesus went with him, and a crowd followed him and thronged about him. And this gap right here, a lot of us know this story. This is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. 
while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Verse 36. But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion. People were weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? This child's not dead. He's just sleeping. And they laughed at him. And he put all of them outside. And I have to imagine in this moment, it just it seems real subtle here. But man, we were talking about a dangerous Jesus earlier. I, I have to imagine that Jesus straight up took that authority that he has. And he said, get off out of this house. And some of us need to speak that in our own lives. There's some people in our lives. There's some things in our lives that we need to just say, get out. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kuhn, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And as God ever done something in your life where you're just truly amazed. Amen. We all need those moments of just amazement, of, of just basking in the glory of God. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Let us pray. Father, we're thankful for what you're doing here. We're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for your omnipresence. But Father, we're thankful for this manifest presence that is here this morning, this, this presence that tears down walls. Tears down strongholds, restores families, sets the captive free, heals the sick. Father, that this reveals sin in our lives so we can better serve you. Father, do what only you can do this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. As you're being seated, look at your neighbor and tell them, Jesus is more. This morning, we're going to talk about Jesus being born. I'm telling you, I've battled. When Ben asked me to preach, I've battled. I've been sitting on this story since October. And I didn't know why God would, wouldn't give me the release to, to use the story to preach this word and take it and take it and take it and take it even more. But I've battled. And I think a lot of us, like I said, we're in these battles. And the only answer is Jesus. Jesus is more. I think that we've gotten away from the simplicity of the gospel. In verse 36, we see where Jesus makes that statement, man. Do not fear. Just believe. Just believe that I am more. It looks so bad for Jairus in this moment. His, his daughter, people have come to him and told him his daughter was dead. But Jesus looked at him and said, I am more. I'm bigger than this moment. 
I am more. The Greek word you for overheard in this is parakleo. Jesus was more than the failed relationships for the woman at the well. He was more than her guilt. He was more than her shame. Jesus was more than and he's more than your failed relationships. He's more than your broken marriage. He's more than your medical condition. He's more than what the doctor has to say about your medical He's more than the person you love so much that you're taking care of. You see them dying. He's the peace and he's the joy that they need in that moment. He's the peace and the joy that you need in that moment. See, Jesus is more. He's more than your losses, but he's also more than your wins. And he's more than anything that you face. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask and think according to the power that work within us. See, Jesus is more than the weakness others perceive in you. Jesus is more than the way you feel when you get up and you walk in the mirror, look in the mirror, and you just say, man, I'm worthless. I'm, I'm nothing. How am I going to make it through this day? Jesus is more. Jesus is more than this morning. He's more than the doubt and insecurities. Jesus is more than the lie of the enemy that tells you that your past is too checkered. You can't serve me. Amen. And ain't nobody buying that Jesus thing that you're doing right now. Amen. Didn't you used to sell though? Aren't you a convicted felon? Man, what game were you playing? See, Jesus is more than that. This is the Jesus that hung on the cross and declared, it is finished. Woo. And it's finished this morning. Woo. It's finished this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost. And honestly, like, I'm, I'm a pastor preacher, but in this moment, man, I, I just feel like we're at this place where in Psalms 51, I think it's verse 17, broken in that contrite heart. And I'm just going to declare in this moment right now that everyone under the sound of my voice, you just have a broken and contrite heart. Just receive the word that God is speaking through me today. And God wants to do something new today. God wants to do something big today. Because Jesus is more. See, Jairus knew Jesus was the only way to more. The question I want to ask you this morning do you know? Do you know that Jesus is the only way to more? Is Jesus more to you today? As we look at the first point I want to talk about is we need to expect more. As we look into this story, we see a crowd gather with expectation. See, Capernaum was a place where Jesus frequented. So these people knew about Jesus. They knew what he was capable of. So they came with an expectation. See, what are you expecting this morning? See, did you come in expecting to check your box? To tell your friends that you were at church yesterday? 
Did you come in to socialize, expect to see your friends and to socialize today? Or did you expect to come in and encounter the presence of a holy God? Did you come in expecting the lives around you to change? Let's set aside our own lives. Did you come in expecting the person next to you to get what they need? Did you come in expecting to worship a holy God so that contagious worship would set off on the person next to you? Because you don't know what hell they face throughout the week. And they don't, you don't know that the encouragement of the worship, what it will do to them. Did you come in expecting salvation? Did you come in expecting walls to fall, to crumble? Did you come in expecting the manifest presence of God this morning? Or did you just come in here because this is what you do on Sunday? What is your expectation? Did you come in expecting a miracle? We're here today to talk about things, miracles. Born of a virgin, he who was without sin, the miracle that provided a way for salvation and resurrection for all who call on the name of Jesus. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It didn't say some. It said all. It didn't say maybe. It said will. It didn't say it was for those who were perfect and had their crap together. It said it was for everybody. It didn't say it was for those who can check all the Christian boxes. It said it didn't say Methodist, it didn't say Baptist, it didn't say Pentecostal, it didn't say non-denominational, it didn't say rich, it didn't say poor, it didn't say black, it didn't say white, it says all. Jesus is for every one. And Jesus is more than one. In John 6, 35, Jesus declares, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And their sustenance with Jesus. John 8 12 says, Again, Jesus spake to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What is your expectation this morning? What do you expect? Right now, in this moment, we talk a lot about application. Shift your expectation this morning. Apply a shifted expectation this morning. Expect God to do something new this morning. Expect God to save souls this morning. Expect God to do supernatural things this morning. Expect something different this morning. The second thing. We see in this text is we can't be familiar with more. We have to know more. Like I said, Capernaum was was a city of miracles, man. Capernaum was like Jesus' home field advantage. This is where he hung out. Some of us are familiar with people who have been radically transformed. 
We've heard about the marriages being restored. We've heard about people losing everything only to have God restore it. We've seen someone bound in addiction set free. We've heard about Jesus. We've heard about the more. But do we know the more? I think about myself. People from my past will say they know me, but no, they don't know me. They knew me. You don't know me. See, in, in order to know Jesus is more, you have to spend time with Jesus. You have to spend time in His Word. You have to spend time speaking to Him. That's how you get to know Him. That's knowing the more of Jesus. It's, it's knowing the, the peace of Jesus in a moment when everything seems to be going haywire around you and you can hit your knees and you feel the peace of God. Amen. We're going to talk about Peter getting out of the boat when Peter was focused on Jesus. That storm, those waves, all the commotion, the thunder and the lightning, nothing mattered in that moment. The only thing that mattered was Peter had his eyes fixed on, fixed on Jesus. Amen. He took his eyes off and began to sink. Jesus is born this morning. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus this morning? Knowing Jesus will change your life. It's that simple. Jesus is born. See, knowing Jesus is putting him first in your life. Knowing Jesus is being okay no matter the circumstance. Knowing Jesus is the peace that passes all understanding. Knowing Jesus is having the boldness to say no when that friend comes around that you know always drags you down. You know, you know that friend that calls you and they always got the latest gossip. See, knowing Jesus will have you hit the, the deny call. You're going to send him the voicemail button. That's what knowing Jesus does. See, and look, I know we, we want to pick on women as guys. This is, this is for you, too. So you're in the little area, fellowship area working. They come in and they start saying things you know are not godly. And you just walk away. See, knowing Jesus gives you the strength to walk away in that moment instead of joining the conversation. Just to be a part of what's going on, knowing Jesus will force you to walk the other way. That's what knowing Jesus does. Knowing Jesus is saying yes to his will and no to your flesh. Knowing Jesus will make you a Capernaum. Knowing Jesus will make you a place of miracles. Knowing Jesus, we're talking about the light will make you that light in a dark one application. Move toward more. Don't leave here familiar with Jesus. Leave here knowing Jesus. Leave here knowing more of God. So we move through the story. We see that Jairus gets to this place and he's on his knees. His little girl's dying. He's in a place of hardship. And all of us will find ourselves in a place of hardship. And of trial. Our next point this morning is hardship makes room for more. See, something happens in hardship. Just like freedom, peace, joy, love, etc. promised every Christian, hardship is promised. 
Listen to these scriptures. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Your cross is heavy. You just want to have some folks help you carry it. It ain't easy. This thing ain't easy. Paul said in Galatians, I must be crucified with Christ. Crucified. Jesus said, a servant is no greater than his master. And this is a promise. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Man, we are in this time where this, this false gospel is being preached. In this gospel of live your best life. Be a better you. You be happy. What's it called? Uh, you only live once. Oh, man. That is not the Word of God. According to the Word of God, a life free of hardship, a life free of trials, you might need to check yourself. Let's, let's be real about this. We, we might need to check ourselves. And the, the fruit of a, of, of a surrendered life, the fruit of, a, of, a, of, of sanctification, the fruit of just pursuing God and Christ's likeness with everything we have, there are going to be trials. There's going to be hardship. But you know what? With the promise of Jesus is more, we do have the peace. We do have the joy. Because you're going to face those same things no matter what. But wouldn't you rather face them with Jesus? Wouldn't you rather face them with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead within you and I? Wouldn't you rather face those things with the boldness of the Holy Ghost that comes from knowing who Jesus is and knowing the Lord? I'm not trying to face those things anymore alone. I faced them for years alone. I faced them in, in the hell of my marriage at moments alone. Found myself isolated. I knew the key. I knew the cure to the problem. But I chose to go the other way. I chose the world over Jesus is more. In my relationship with my wife suffered. My relationship with my kids suffered. Choose more this morning. You know we have the playbook. We know what's going to happen in the end. Why? Why do we choose to do it the hard way? Why? As we look to hardship, Hardship will show you how much you need God. Jairus knew Jesus was the only way his daughter could be saved. We're going to arrive at this moment. I call this the moment of desperation. And there, there's people that have dealt with addiction in here. A lot of people in the addiction world say it's, the, it's rock bottom. But for me, it's, it's a moment of desperation. We're all going to arrive here. Because everything the world's told you is run out. It's run completely out. Everything that your mama, your daddy, your grandparents, that wisdom that was shared, it's, it's going to run out. And you need Jesus. The moment when, when your daughter is dying, your direst moment of desperation, and you need Jesus. See, it's when you get the report of cancer. 
And the doctor tells you it don't look good. But I know where I need to go. That desperation. It's when you've been through everything in your marriage. And the only thing you can do is get healed at his feet. See, I think it's the desperate moments. Hard tip will reveal the areas of your life you are spiritually weak. Jesus pointed out Jairus was here. What is Jesus pointing out in your life right now in this moment? Where are you spiritually weak? I ask myself the same question. Where? So I went, where am I spiritually weak? Where, I'm, where am I the most vulnerable? Where, where is the enemy going to come to attack me? Because the area that you're weakest, that's where he always, he don't, he don't fight there. He don't care. He's going for your weak spot. That's what he does. Me and Mark were talking about it earlier. He talking about how far he's big dude. And I said, man, I wouldn't fight him there. I would get the first ring in. I'm not fighting this new fair. I'm, I'm going to come blindside him, and I'm going to hit something that's going to put him down to his knees. I'm not going to fight there. And that's exactly how the enemy fights. Don't fight fair. Hardship reveals the amazement and glory of God, like the text Hardship will get you to a place where you are desperate. It'll get you to a place where the only thing you can do is pursue God. And in that, you find her. This ain't hard either. This is, this is simple too. Every one of us has the same purpose. That's to go, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to make heaven crowded. That's what our purpose is. Our purpose is to be the light of God wherever we're at. Our purpose is to be the Capernaum. Our, our purpose is to be the substance. That is our purpose. It's not hard. We search and we search a lot of I, I hear that question all the time. What is my calling? What is my purpose? Well, it's simple. Go. Make disciples. It's more required. Complete surrender. More starts right there. Jairus fell in his feet. I want you to think about this, this moment. Jairus, a leader of the synagogue, a religious ruler of the day, who were trying to kill Jesus at this moment? The people he hung out with. That's who was trying to kill Jesus. See, your lack of surrender is more than likely what is separating you from the Lord God. Jairus had to surrender his religion, he had to surrender his pride, he had to surrender his position, he had to Surrender his friends. Jairus gave up everything. In John 12, I'll speak to this, verse 42. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. You had to give up everything. Are you willing to give up everything for Jesus? Are you willing to give up and surrender it all? What's the one thing that you 
What's the one thing that's difficult for you to give up? What's the one thing you're saying, man, I can't do this. I can't pursue God. I can't pursue being Christ-like because I'm hanging on to this. What is this in your life? It's funny, Dan said we weren't going to sing a cappella earlier. But look, I had to go like this moment. I had to go to him. I was, I was raised and you know, KJV only, hymnal <laughs> church. So look, y'all, when I start reading this, y'all are going to know. But this is an old hymn, and it says, All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. And then he goes, I remember, I surrender all. You better sing it. Oh, you gotta stop yourself. All to be my blessed Savior, I surrender all. And that, that was my first video. I'll even sing it again. It's gonna be beautiful. But that's my first experience of surrender. Is that him? Being a little kid in his church, was I surrender all to him? And what it means to surrender all. When you surrender all this morning, see, something that I had to learn as I've grown up and surrendered takes vulnerability. And if you can't be vulnerable, you're going to have a tough time surrendering. Some of us are hanging on to things like I said earlier. And if we truly want to experience the freedom, see, man, that's what's so great about surrender, man. It's so free. There's so much liberty in surrender. And if you want to experience that this morning, you need to be vulnerable. You may be hanging on to that. Look, I always hit on marriage because for me, I was brother because I about lost my marriage. Because I hung on to something. I didn't want to surrender. If you want God to restore your marriage, you know that God has put you together. He's ordained that thing. He's got a purpose not just for you, but you as a unit. The first thing that you need to do is go look at yourself in the mirror. Quit trying to fix your spouse. Fix you first. Surrender what your hand up is. And I promise you, when your spouse starts to see a surrendered you, a life that's laid down, crucified for Christ, living for Jesus. Man, when she starts to see that, or he starts to see that, guess what? That's going to draw them to that life, to that Capernaum. Man, surrender this morning. Maybe you're angry and bitter this morning. Like Ben talked about forgiveness last week, because you won't forgive someone. What's funny is usually the people that we're so ticked off at, that we're bitter and angry at, man, they don't even know. Half the time, they don't even know they offended you. Half the time, they, they, they don't even think about you. But you're over here, built up a, a wall around your heart of bitterness and anger. You can't move past that in your life, and you can't step into the next or the Jesus is more moment that he has for you because you ain't even on to something. You're so full of pride, you can't even have a conversation. Look at yourself in the mirror. See, for me, I walked around angry, bitter, and confused because of something that happened to me as a child. And in a moment, 
I began to talk about it. And I talked about it with Candace a long time ago. I, just over the years, and a couple weeks ago, I actually began to lay it out there. And as I began to share that something that happened to me, this, this, this traumatic event, the walls started to come down in my own life. And I got to see another side of Jesus. That's where the sermon comes from. Jesus is more. There is more. Be vulnerable this morning. Hey, God knows. God knows. He just wants you to tell him. Like most of the time, my daughter and me, she thinks I don't know what's going on in her life. I don't know about her drama, right? I don't know about little seventh grade, middle school girl drama. But I do know. I know everything. I have tears in every room. I have friends in every corner. I know all the teachers at her school. I know the coaches. I talk to people. I talk a lot. I can't shut up. That's why me and Ben get along. Yeah. I know. But man, it's, I just want to hear it from her. That's all I want. She's drawing her eyes at me. She's got done. I just want to hear it from her. That's what God wants too, man. He, Quit looking at him as some somebody that don't want to just sit down beside you and have a conversation. You know, we, we, we put God, we make him so much more as far as over us. We feel intimidated by who God is. But God's your father. He loves you. Hey, and, and when you're when your earthly father ain't doing what he's supposed to do, guess what? Your, your heavenly father is always there. And he don't change. And his promises to stand. He's always there for you. When I think about Cyrus in this moment, it's going to be a little sense of families come to know Jesus if the man will just step through the doors of the church first. It's that, it's that powerful for a man just to do what he's supposed to do. And I can speak from experience in this. I didn't do it for a long time. So I know what happens. I know that the blessings come. I know it ain't perfect, but I know there's an order. And I know once that order that God lines up starts to fall into place, life is so much smoother. It's so much fuller. That's when you actually get to enjoy the more of God. That's when you get to enjoy the promises and the blessings of God. God knows. You can experience freedom this morning. There is no freer place than I would want to come up. There is no freer place than to be with Jesus. There is no more liberty than at the feet of Jesus. You won't find it. That's what happens. What happens at his feet? If we back up, into the story, the, the space I left, the woman with the issue of blood. What did she do? She got down and she crawled to the feet of Jesus. So are you willing to crawl to the feet of Jesus this morning? surrendered everything he had to get to the feet of Jesus. We can surrender everything you have to get to the feet of Jesus. More requires us to quiet the voice of God. And there was there were so many voices 
that were opposing what Jesus was trying to do. There, there were so many voices that were opposing the Lord, the Jesus is more moment. There were the, the friends that came to approach Jairus in this moment and said, hey man, why are you bothering Jesus? Your daughter's already dead. And we got doubters. We got doubters around us. These voices come in that are lies from the enemy. And what happens is we allow the voices of the enemy to silence the voice of God. We allow the voice of the enemy to supersede the voice of God. See, the people that said you're, you're not qualified or, or you did sell dope or you used to get drunk and act a fool or your, your past is just too much or you're worthless. Those people, the doubters, are you sure about that church thing? Are you sure about Jesus? Those people. You know, those people that get around you that have been hurt and still have those walls built up and they're bitter and they're angry and everything they have to say about who Jesus is and about the church is negative. You know, those people, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's the voice of the enemy. And then there's a voice that's telling you you are loved, you are set free, you're a new creature in Christ. I know you and I have purpose for you. You're a mighty man of power. You're a mighty woman of God. What voice have you allowed to be turned up? See, it's time that you hit the mute button. You tell the enemy no more. See, there's, there's something a good friend told me a long time ago. Your own voice for way too long. Check it this way. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 410. Jesus said in Matthew Psalm saying, For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him. And this is this is the part. This is, this is the moment angels came and were ministering to him. When you just look, you're in and hide to get out. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. God's there. God's there to minister to you. God's there to pick you up. God's there to speak that life back into you. And some of us just need to tell the enemy to shut up this morning. Some of you just need a reminder of who you are in Christ. What can I do? When it seems like you failed. And I knew in this moment, I can see God in this moment. As we go to close, the last thing we see in this story is Jesus makes room. It's a make room for them. It says that Jesus makes everyone to get out. Seven people left in that room. And that's completely 
And that's, that's the supernatural work of God. I don't know what you're hanging on to this morning. I don't know what you need to tell to get out this morning. But you need to tell it to get out. If you want to see the supernatural power of God in your life, it's time for you just to say, get out. Get out. Clear the room. Make room for more. See, you're familiar with Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. Make room for more this morning. You never said yes to Jesus. You've been in, in moments like this where the gospel's going forth, you felt conviction on your heart. You walked out the doors exactly the way you came in. You didn't say yes to Jesus. This altar's going to be open. If today is the day that you need to say yes to God, there are men and women of God who want to pray with you. And there is salvation in the house. Resurrecting power in the house. See, maybe you've been playing church for a long time. Today's the day. You need to make room for more. Maybe you've just been hanging on to something. Past trauma, past trials, could get past. People just need to make room for what God wants to do. We need to make room for the more. Jesus is here. His presence is here. He wants to do something in your life today. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray. Father, we're thankful for who you are. We're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for transformation. We're thankful that Jesus is more. We're, we're thankful that you sent a Savior that we, we're not just familiar with, but we can know him. And we can know him right here in this moment. We can, we can know him on our good days. We can know him on our bad days. We can know him. It's tangible. But I pray in this moment that you do something big. That you soften our hearts, Father, to receive from the Spirit. Father, I declare healing in this room this morning. I, I declare salvation in this room this morning. Father, have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.